everyone. Welcome to Compass Teacher Show. I'm your host Tiffan. Today, my guest is Elizabeth Peterson. Elizabeth is an arts integration expert. She founded the Inspired Classroom, which provides inspiration to other educators for art integration through informative articles, workshops, and professional development opportunities. She's also the author of two books, Inspired by Listening and Studio Days. Inspired by Listening is a teacher resource book that includes a method of music integration she has developed and implemented into her own classroom. And Studio Days is filled with information and Common Core aligned lesson plans for bringing creativity into the classroom. Elizabeth prides herself in teaching workshops and courses on the integration of the arts into the curriculum. And is the host of the annual summer and winter teacher art retreats. She believes there's a love of active integrating learning in own children, and from their enthusiasm, teachers can shape great opportunities to learn. <laughs> Welcome to our show, Elizabeth. I'm so excited with our conversation today, since I am very interested in SEL. And I think it's very important part in education. You have developed SEAL, which is an acronym for social and emotional artistic learning. Before we dive into the topic, I wonder how does music and art come to your life, and how does it influence the way you see this world? Excellent. Yeah, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I think、mm-hmm. it's so so important. And so for me, music played a part in my life since I was a little girl. I、uh, started、uh, piano lessons, and I continued all the way through college and、um, uh, majored in music. And just the entire time, whether it was me playing on the piano or learning the organ or you know just listening to the latest pop or rock songs, it just always. Affected me, and it really、um, played to my emotions so much throughout my life. I mean, there were times in my life that、um, uh, I would turn to songs and turn to music to, you know, kind of get my emotions out or to kind of just heighten an emotion of some sort. Like, you know, if I was dating a boy or, <laughs> you know, having a good Part of my life, you know, to celebrate. So different music has had、uh, played a part in different parts of my life,、um, and it was when I was in college that、uh, where I decided to not only major in education but also major in music, that I started to see how much I could integrate music into what I was doing. Uh, or ultimately doing with my students in the classroom, and so even though I didn't set out to necessarily be a music teacher, I could see all the great ways that music could play a part in my teaching of all the students. And、um, as I continued my education, I, I kept taking,、um, I got my master's in arts in learning. And that's when I started to、uh, learn about visual art and poetry and、uh, drama and dance, and kind of started to understand how all the arts can really play a part in student learning. And so it just started, you know, right from when I started teaching twenty、uh, something years ago.、Um, I 
was automatically integrating the arts because they were just so effective for my students. Right. So from my understanding, you started to develop social emotional artist learning skill because your district sees a real need for social emotional learning in your schools. And it's from my research, so if, correct me if I'm wrong. Could you yes. tell us why your district started to see the need in uh, social emotional learning? And what do you think it was seen as important now, but not like 50 years ago? Yeah, I think in the, I would say about the last five to seven years, we've been seeing a lot more anxiety in students and um, mental health needs that have been rising um, <clears throat> that we didn't see 10, 15 years ago. And my district was just one of the hundreds or thousands even across the country that um, knowing that this was such a um, something that students really needed to develop started to implement what was coming out, and that was the SEL, Social Emotional Learning, um, and they started to um, bring us together for professional development in learning about what that really means, you know, um, how to teach students to be more self-aware and manage themselves and make good decisions and be a little bit more social aware and develop relationships with others, and for me, when they were giving us this professional development, every time that they would start a new sentence or start a new topic, it was like obvious to me that <laughs> everything they're talking about, we can teach and we can learn and develop through the arts. And what I love about arts integration and SEAL specifically is that um, it's not something that is uh, forced it's not contrived, you know, we're not um, trying to make things up so that students are developing these skills. They actually just naturally develop these skills through the arts. So if a student is um, creating a piece of artwork, they're developing their self-awareness and they are doing it in a way that is just so natural for them. And what our job then becomes with something like SEAL is that as the teacher, we can um, help them to understand that a little bit more with reflection and um, some guided experiences so that they can um, start to really understand that important part that the arts can play in their developing of social emotional skills. Yeah, right. So it seems that SEL is framed around CASO's SEL wheel, which includes five competencies. Um, you like you just mentioned self-awareness, self-management, mm -hmm. social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. Could you give us some examples about how to nurture these competencies through arts, especially social awareness and responsible decision-making? Because it's just like hard for me to imagine how to teach these things. Yes, absolutely. So for social awareness, um, which is something that's just becoming more and more important 
<laughs> um, for us to uh, learn about other people, accept our peers, understand that we're all coming from different backgrounds and we all have different cultures and we all have different thoughts and ideas. So um, I'll tell you two different ways. One will be music and one will be um, visual art. I'll start with the visual art because it's something that um, teachers just absolutely love in terms of when they're learning about SEAL and it's called Friendly Fridays. And what it is, is giving students the opportunity to um, learn about their classmates and appreciate them and create something for them on a consistent basis. So for example, my students um, every week will have Friendly Friday time where we are either creating little notes for one another and handing them to our classmates. Um, or uh, one of my favorite um, projects that we've done is um, a friendly Friday uh, piece of artwork. So where the students created their own hand, they traced their hand, they designed it the way that they wanted to, and then we put it together um, in a nice uh, collaborative artwork on the wall. And it just looked so amazing because you could see all the different styles and personalities of the students coming out um, in that. So it was just a great visual way to show that we're all a community. We're all different, but we're all together. We're all together in, in the classroom. Um, and another example, like with music, would be um, I love listening to music with my students, just taking time to listen to a good piece of whether it be classical music or jazz music or contemporary, and then allowing the students to really actively listen to it together and then give their own um, ideas about it and their own interpretations of it. And what that does for <clears throat> social awareness is it really helps students to see that we all listened to the same piece of music, but our interpretations are all different. So, you know, if we're listening to a piece of classical music that's really exciting, some students might think it's really exciting and some students might think it's um, scary. <laughs> and they might have see something, you know, they might be imagining something in their head that actually gives them fear, whereas another person may be listening to it and it just gets them all motivated to do something. So it's a great, it's great conversation and reflection to have that we all heard the same exact thing and yet we all thought something that was different. And with responsible decision-making, <clears throat> Excuse me. As far as the creative process in general, where students are thinking of something to create, you know, going through the process of creating it and revising it and then ultimately um, finishing and presenting it, that whole creative process is just filled with uh, making responsible decisions from you know, deciding on materials that they want to use or uh, what art form they want to use. You know, if they're working with people, you know, who's a good partner, who's not a good partner? <laughs> what, you know, what, where are you going to work? That time management is part of um, uh, responsible decision making. So there's just so many pieces of that just embedded inside the creative process. I see. So, 
That's really that's really awesome. So I'm curious about what questions that you will usually ask in the example you mentioned about the the hands drawing to make them or listening to music to make them to be aware other people's opinion and respect、mm-hmm. others'、uh, perspectives for things. Oh yeah, that's a good question because the reflection is,、um, I think, one of the key components of anything that you do that has to do with seal, because、um, that's when all the real learning is going to happen.、Um, that reflection part. So with,、um, you know, with the hands or even the the music, you know, first of all. Drawing attention to things that are are so different, and then asking them what differences they see. Like in the hands, you know, someone used marker, someone used crayon. Why do you think they did that?、Um, someone, you know, had these colors, and someone just used one color, and see how how different they、uh, differently they. Did their hands, you know, and then also seeing some similarities, you know, in、uh, the shapes they may have put in there or the words they may have used、um, to describe the music, for example, and to also show that not only do we have differences, but we also have a lot of similarities, and that helps us to, you know, just have a really、uh, unique and fun. Class of students that we can we can share together. We can have some differences, but we can all be together and still be moving in the same direction and learning from one another. Yeah, that's really great. So, do you have a story that you see a student's transformation in your sales classroom and really touches your heart the most, or the moments that you know it is working? Well, you know what? When you said "touch your heart," my mind went to this one instance that happened about five or so years ago,、um, mm-hmm. where we were doing a、um, a watercolor painting,、mm-hmm. and we, I believe, we had listened to some music and we were interpreting the music with some watercolor and putting some emotions to it. And this one boy.、Um, He, when he started painting, he started painting colors, and then ultimately a little scene of him and his father. And he had such a、um, oh, what's the right word? A, a tough relationship with his、mm-hmm. father, and the the whole process of you know the music, and then the watercolor, and then just giving him the opportunity. To sit there and really not just think about his father, but like it's so hard to explain <laughs> what he may have been going through. But not just <laughs> thinking about his father, but、oh. just kind of like putting it down on paper. It was just it was beautiful to watch him just get all his emotions out on the paper and then be able to talk about it. Because usually when he would talk about his dad. It was、um, just trying to be so happy about it and kind of almost like faking that the relationship was、mm-hmm. really good. But when he started talking about his artwork, he was really able to talk about how much he hurt inside and how that was really、um, 
part of his life that he wished he could fix, but he knows he can't. And so that was so eye-opening to me to the real power that we can have. And I'm just a classroom teacher, you know, I'm teaching math (laughs) and English and social studies during the day. But to be able to give this kid that opportunity to really um, open up and start to explore his emotions, and he was only 10 years old, I thought that was so powerful for him and for me (laughs) to watch it. (laughs) Right, right. That's really amazing. Um, So that leads to my another question is, so it looks like in this process, the kids can express themselves even better. And what would be, and it's a really therapeutic process. So starting from here, what would you usually do for the kids that they can take more actions to, like you say, if they have a tough relationship with their parents, what kind of other things they can do to um, make the relationship better? Yeah, so, you know, So there's two things I think about. And one is, you know, he could take that painting home, for example, and talk to his mother about it. And it could be like a a bridge for him to be able to talk about it with his mom and maybe his dad, too, you know. Um, But the other thing is, is that um, it's also a bridge to maybe getting the student in touch with the counselor at school, because, you know, most most teachers that I um, train that that go through SEAL teacher training, you know, they're classroom teachers and arts teachers and they're not counselors. Right. And they're not art therapists, but they know that their students need social emotional development. They know it's important and they want to do something and they want to be able to um, provide for that in their classroom. So but we can't be the counselor or the therapist. So it's it's right. a nice way to um, um, when you f- find things out or when you discover things about students, it's a great um, way to kind of bridge that gap that the student might actually need in order to, if they need to, get more assistance. And, you know, yeah. with, with most students, it's just good development of skills inside the classroom and you know you just kind of leave it at that and you can see them grow but for others it can be deeper and we need to know what our resources are as teachers and educators to give those kids the help that they need that's beyond what we can maybe give them (laughs) right yeah so if a teacher who doesn't know much about arts but still wants to try SEAL, any actionable advice that you give to them for a head start? Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of teachers, they hesitate with arts integration uh, in general because they think that they're not an artist. But that's really not what matters <laughs> because um, it's what I call the arts integration, like frame of mind, where it's not really about you and your comfort level. You just need to be comfortable enough to give the students the opportunities. And so part of that can be, um, uh, you know, teachers can go out and learn 
some arts integrated strategies and there are some really simple ones that you can start with. Um, look into, you know, professional development that's going to kind of give you a good um, head start in the right direction and just give you some basic ideas. Um, and as you probably know, you know, that's that's what my focus is through the Inspired Classroom is providing that professional development for teachers of all levels of skills, giving them those ideas that they can easily implement in their own classrooms and then, you know, just go from there. And yeah. so, you know, just starting with what something is that you might enjoy. So for me, it was starting with music. Um, but for another teacher, it could be starting with drawing or starting with sculpture or starting with um, poetry or storytelling, you know, whatever the art form is that they might enjoy. That's really great. So I think teachers in most countries are really constrained by the standardized test. Mm. Let's say if a math teacher tries to cram their student for the upcoming test, but still wants to use sale without allocating too much time. Is there any other ways they can incorporate sale into their classroom? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, when I developed SEAL, I wanted to make sure that it was not a program that you had to follow step by step, because I think that's what um, what there is too much of out there. Right. Everyone's trying to, you know, bring a SEL program into their school or into their district right. and teachers go, oh, gosh, <laughs> another thing I have to do. You know, I have to spend 30 minutes a week on this, you know, and then it's it's something that's not really um not really as effective, you know, it's mm -hmm. not real, it's not real, where the arts are real. <laughs> and um, so when I designed SEAL, I wanted it first and foremost to be um, something that teachers could just um, integrate into what they already do. So I focus a lot on the teacher herself. So the teacher is the where it all comes together. So it's not about the, it's not necessarily all about the ideas and the strategies. It's really about the teacher and what they're comfortable with and how they're going to like create this atmosphere mm -hmm. in their classroom to be um, safe and caring and creative and just allow for this type of um, SEAL work in their classroom. So the SEAL teachers that go through SEAL teacher training, the first thing they do is they focus on themselves and what um, it's going to look like in their own classroom. Because there are a lot, a lot of teachers who have to or are forced to focus on just the content. So, um, and making sure that the students are ready for the tests. And so um, we focus on the teacher first, and then we also focus on strategies that you can just um, embed right into what you do every day. So simple things that are just become part of your regular curriculum every day, but also touch upon art and touch upon social emotional learning as well right can you give an example like one example in your class classroom that you use are 
to use really little time to integrate the R with, with other subjects? Sure. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'll give you one for um, drama. So this is uh, an embedded SEAL strategy for drama. And what it is, I call it dramatic check-ins. And it's so quick, it literally takes five seconds. <laughs> and so <laughs> what, what you do is, you know, once you've completed a lesson or once you've talked about a situation or diffused a situation or whatever it might be in the classroom, you have the kids do a dramatic check-in. And so what that is, is they show you with their face how they're feeling. So if they're okay, they will show you with their face that they're okay. If they're not okay or they're confused, it's almost like putting an emoji on their face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so act, acting out the emoji. Um, and you can um, take this to the next level and they can stand up and do their whole body posture. Or you can take it down a notch, like if you're teaching older kids who are just not going to do that, <laughs> they don't feel comfortable doing that. Or you have students that just aren't ready for um, drama in the classroom. Um, you can have it, have them do it on a piece of paper and make the emoji on the paper. And so, uh, you know, just kind of checking in in a in a way that's tied to theater and drama um, to be able to just quickly check in with students and then move on and maybe even make take note of you know who needs what and then you can move on mm -hmm. and this is also something that you don't just do once this is a strategy you can use over and over and over again throughout the year. And the more you do it, the more um, comfortable students will actually get with giving you that <laughs> dramatic check-in with their facial expression. I like that. That's yeah. really, that's really <laughs> great. So now in the U.S., we, because... 19 students are mostly learning remotely. I bet you got lots of questions about distance learning. So my question is how a teacher can use SAIL in this setting, um, even with some online tools that you would suggest? Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. In fact, in, uh, in the SAIL teacher training course, I did a whole bonus unit for everybody because it was just on the top of everybody's mind about, you know, how we were right. going to do this remotely and then in the fall, how we're going to do it as well. So, um, so for, you know, here, here, a couple of things that I've been doing with my own class is um, we still have Friendly Friday, but we do it inside Google Classroom. So we might, instead of sending notes to one person in the class, at a time, you know, we'll have a, a, um, a stream of comments where you're just sending positive feedback and positive notes and positive uh, messages to the whole class. Um, and that is also good because uh, not everybody is participating 100 percent of the time. Um, I also found a couple of really great websites. They're skipping my mind right now, but you can just Google online um collaborative drawing uh, sites and we spent one friendly Friday just drawing together <laughs> online mm. and just kind of adding and changing and, and um, just working together on that which was kind of fun 
And so there are definite ways to, you know, remind students about any self-management skills that you worked on um, and just doing it that way. It's definitely an added challenge, but totally um, right. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. So few friends of mine who were teachers before but got out of, te- got out of teaching because it just burned them out. So self-care is being advocated a lot in these days, especially for teachers who would affect their students if they don't like take care of themselves well. What do what does your routine look like for taking off yourselves even through arts? And what like what do you do in the morning if you have a bad night? What do you do after a frustrating day at school? Mm-hmm. Another amazing question. <laughs> <laughs> These are great to fend because um that is such an important part of the SEAL teacher training. So we have three waves or three phases of the training. And the first wave, like I kind of mentioned already, is all about the teacher first. And we do focus in on teacher self-care because our job is so demanding in a very emotional way. And so many teachers are burning out. And so um, one of the things that um, is suggested in that section of the training is um, to even just start the day every day with uh, an intention, you know, just kind of giving yourself your own positive um, self-talk and being able to, you know, like when I would go to school, (laughs) sometimes I would park my car and just stay there for a moment and say, okay, this is going to be a great day. I'm going to make sure I touch base with this kid and this kid and make sure that they're coming into the classroom okay. I'm going to make sure that, you know, um, if someone needs help, I'm going to have a lot of patience. You know, almost like giving yourself those reminders of what it really means to be a SEAL teacher because it has to do with being caring, mm-hmm. you know, being um, making sure that you're making connections with your students and then uh, providing for those creative opportunities for your students as well. And so just almost like reminding yourself of that is a really important thing. And as far as, um, you know, after school or at home and just making sure that I can uh, leave school at school And now that we're remote right now, (laughs) that means closing the school tabs, closing the school email at a certain time of the day and saying, "Okay, now I'm done until tomorrow. (laughs) Mm. And just giving myself that space and and teachers, it's really important that they give themselves that space so that they can um, just take a mental break from what's what might be happening at school and enjoying some of their home life it's just so important (laughs) right yeah so for now do you have any particular activities that you will do to take care of yourself uh for me um (laughs) it's kind of funny because I always say, you know, what are you doing for art? So I have a couple of things. One is um, a couple years back for my 40th birthday, my family got me 
a drum set. Wow. <laughs> Something I have wanted since I was a kid. And so uh, every once in a while, I'm able to go on there and play. And that's just really fun. It's just so much fun to yeah. do that. So that's like a little outlet for me. Um, playing the piano here and there is also something that I try and make sure I get a chance to do. And um, to be very honest, um, as far as being creative, right now, uh, I love creating new things for the Inspired Classroom. And I just love connecting with other teachers. For me, that's just so um, uplifting because um, it, it helps me to know that I'm not alone, <laughs> you know, and, and helping to bring other teachers together is really um, exciting for me to see that, whether it's on Facebook or what what have you, um, or at professional development that um, I organize. And I think just going through that whole creative process of creating a workshop or creating a retreat is just really um, fulfilling to me. So <laughs> that's kind of how I um, do be creative now. It's kind of fun. I love it. Right. That's very, very great tips. <laughs> I, I believe that's what teachers can learn from it and like just apply to their uh, life, especially for this really tough time. So yeah. I have just like few questions left. Um, the um, one question is, is there any books that you that influenced you a lot in teaching? Yes. Oh, gosh. I'm so bad at remembering <laughs> song names and book names. I'm trying to see if I can see them in my, <laughs> in or, my bookshelf. Yeah, book. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there are some. I love, this is an old book, you know, Arts with the Brain in Mind and Music with the Brain in Mind. I think those are great books. Um, oh, goodness. There are some really good books. I think it's uh, Marilee Goldberg who does a fantastic job of talking about arts integration. Um, I even like the book. Um, it's called Yardsticks. It's also an old book uh, or an older book, um, but it talks about students at different stages in their schooling, which I think is such an important thing for us to truly understand, um, you know, what exactly our students are going through in their mind and physically um, and emotionally at different stages in their life. Um, that's a really good one. I just started a book. Um, I think it's The Deepest Well. Oh, goodness. I'm so sorry. I'm bad at this. Uh, Tower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that talks about, you know, how trauma affects people, uh, younger people, um, specifically in the book. Um, it, it, it talks about how trauma affects us physically. So it's really interesting in terms of, you know, if you want to, you know, look at your students in a new way um, and be able to provide them with some SEAL opportunities. Um and oh, there's one more that I would highly recommend. <laughs> I'm going to have to send you the title, but it's something like. Um, oh, 
Yeah, no worries. Yeah, should, I, I can I can follow I, I will follow up with you around the books you mentioned so I can put in the show notes for the audience to check up. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah no worries. <laughs> so uh when you were a baby teacher, what is the worst advice you have ever received? Well, that's a great question. Okay. This was probably in my first couple of years of teaching um, where I heard from a teacher or I don't know exactly what she said, but kind of she gave this impression that parents don't really know what their kids need in school. Mm-hmm. We as teachers, we are the only ones that know what students need at school. And I, for many years, had that look outlook on on my students um, until I had my own kids. And it kind of dawned on me that, no, that's not true at all. <laughs> that um, while we do need to, you know, look at parents and families um, individually, you know, and, and decide, you know, are these going to be good parents and families to work with, or do we need to take the reins on what the kid needs? Um, we can't um, we can't just say, oh, the kid's with me now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the parents don't know what this student really needs, but to try and work together a little bit more. Now, mm-hmm. I do have to say there are instances where we do know what the student needs, but we also have to be able to communicate that well with the parents. And I think the advice that I had been given really almost put like a divider between um, what I could give the student and what the parents are doing at home. And so instead of breaking that communication, really trying to work with the parents at home. Right. Yeah, right. I have heard so many teachers complaining about the tension between them and the parents. And so I totally agree that we should have a better way to communicate and even collaborate with um, parents as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, exactly. And so I know, like Elizabeth, you have put out so much amazing work in the Inspire Classroom website. Is there anything you would like to mention or talk about before we wrap up? And I will certainly let people know where they can find you online and we will put everything in the show notes as well. But is there anything that you like to share or talk about before we close up? Oh, sure. So if uh, since we've been talking about SEAL, if people are interested in SEAL, you can look at some of the free resources we have. Uh, you can go to teachseal.com um, and that will lead you to um, all kinds of good resources. Um, and then if if people are ready to really take a deep dive into becoming a SEAL teacher, my course SEAL teacher training is really just a great course that I, you know, I, I believe I, you know, I believe, but also the people that have gone through it really do feel like they have gone on a journey and really come out the other side transformed because it's, like I said, it's not just about the ideas and the lessons. It's mm-hmm. about the teacher 
and the teacher being a great um, um, advocate for social emotional artistic learning in their classroom and and utilizing that for their students. So it really is kind of a a nice transformational journey (laughs) for teachers to go to become a SEAL teacher. Thank you for listening. We will put the things mentioned in the interview to the show notes. If you enjoy our show, welcome to share and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.